today we come to our fourth and final cardinal virtue, the virtue of temperance. And let's try to do so in a contemplative way, given that this virtue, like all the four virtues, are so important to our character, the person that God wants us to be. Now, unfortunately, temperance has been a little bit reduced just to consider temperance in food and drink, and especially in quantity quantity of food and quantity of drink, but really temperance is much, much more than that. And so in the short time we have available to consider this, let's try to go deeper in this key, key virtue, key part of our very character. And first of all, we do all of us feel in our human nature that our passions are at war with our soul, that we have something uh, kind of disordered inside us, and this comes to the fore, especially in the area of temperance, and that when we have been intemperate, not controlling our passions, essentially, that we've been pulled along by our passions in things which are maybe not so sinful, then sometimes, unfortunately, perhaps things that are really very sinful, it leaves us with a profound sense of unrest. We feel really fractured, a really disorder from within. And that's where the virtue of temperance comes in. It is this power of the soul, which helps us to really be on top of, and not just control, because that's the wrong word, but to order our desires, our very fundamental desires, especially those for food, drink, and sex, which are so related to self-preservation and the preservation of the species. So they're really, you could say, really deeply hardwired in us, and yet they go terribly, sometimes violently wrong. And so this virtue is so key to us to, to order that, again, not just controlling, but rather ordering or integrating those desires for food, drink, sex, into our life, into the way we know we should be, the way we want to be. And so it's, it's, it's a key for us, a really key virtue for us. Thinking of the one of purity, which is one part or a, a little subsection of this virtue of temperance, that part of our powers, our soul, that controls the desire for sexual pleasure. In this, again, perhaps more than any other part of, of temperance, things have gone a bit awry in the understanding of chastity. Because over the years, and perhaps even pre-Christian, over the years, an idea has grown up that sex is evil. Sex is something really wrong. And even, even a philosopher like Aristotle, who wasn't a Christian, he thought there was something divine in, in sex. And St. Thomas says sex is a surpassing good. So it's not something evil. It's actually something extremely good, extremely important. And that is the reason that holy purity is so important, because sex is so important and so good. And so sometimes heresies, some heresies, are linked to a kind of what we could call a hyper-asceticism, puritanical. And you think of Calvinism and, and, and Puritanism, which are hyper, hyper ascetical and hyper skeptical and cautious with regard to temperance, especially in sex, over the top, and really very, you could say, suspicious and very apprehensive regarding these desires. And St. Thomas then is quite different. St. Thomas says, no, chastity is very important because purity is a wonderful thing, because sex is a wonderful thing. And for example, there was an idea around and some of the early fathers with this, that kind of slightly puritanical strain saying that sex was the sin of Adam and Eve. And, and St. Thomas says, no. Some even said that 
that the plan of God before before the sin was that there was going to be no sex. And the sex appeared as a consequence of original sin. And St. Thomas clearly says, nope, that's not so. Now, certainly this virtue of chastity really helps us to be contemplative, to be contemplative, to be considerate of, of higher things, especially spiritual things. And it does so more than any other virtue. And that is why, of course, Jesus says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. You can't really see God without the virtue of chastity. We become blind, in a sense, because we become so disinterested in spiritual things. And so then that kind of unchastity immerses us so much in in material things and very carnal things that we lose all interest in the spiritual things. So there, there we see all the more reason, all the more reason that we want to live this virtue really well, because I want to see God, not just thinking of heaven, but I want to be interested in the things of God here on earth now. For example, for example, not this is not just regarding holy purity, but the, the area of temperance, one area that affects us all, and that I suppose is kind of new enough for the, over the last 10 or 20 years, is the web. And here, it's not food, it's not drink, and it's not sex. It's just pleasurable images. And, and we can be immersing ourselves almost 24 hours a day, we could stay awake that long, in just images. Exciting, pleasant, titillating, fascinating images. And that's intemperance. And so temperance is really important with the web, with our phone. Even temperance regarding news and all those kind of things. Now temperance is a wonderful virtue and it produces great fruits. So it helps us to really be integrated, coherent. Our passions and our soul are pulling in the same direction. Essentially, our passions want what our soul wants. So we're not, we, we lose this sense of being fractured, of being divided from within. And therefore, it produces a very simple thing, but a very lovely thing called peace. We have interior peace very much as a result of living temperance. So let's finish up by asking our Lord God to help us, to each one of us, to, to love this virtue, the virtue of temperance, to protect this virtue and to live this virtue. I give you thanks, my God, for the good resolutions, affections and inspirations you have communicated to me in this meditation. I ask you for help to put them into effect. My Mother Immaculate, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. <laughs>